At that time, the Feast of Dedication took place at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the colonnade of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me. But you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. The Jews picked up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, I have shown you many good works from the Father. For which of them are you going to stone me? The Jews answered him, It's not for good work that we are going to stone you, but for blasphemy, because you, being man, make yourself God. Jesus answered them, Well, is it not written in your law, I said you are gods? If he called them gods to whom the word of God came, and scripture cannot be broken, do you say of him whom the Father consecrated and sent into the world, You are blaspheming because I said I am the Son of God? If I am not doing the works of my Father, then do not believe me. But if I do them, even though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. Again, they sought to arrest him, but he escaped from their hands. May God bless to us this reading. From his holy word. Well, we all know that we are living in really crazy times, and uh, I had no idea who would be here today, uh, and I have no idea who's listening. Uh, hopefully, many are listening online uh, when they get this and, and hearing this. Uh, but we, we're living in crazy times. And what I've noticed for so many people, it, it just seems like they're ready quickly to jettison all sense of stability. Uh, and normalcy. I mean, think about all the, the panic buying that's going on. And, and even amongst Christians, I mean, some Christians are behaving absolutely insanely during this season. We're getting all kinds of prophetic words that are coming through. And, and by the way, do not believe anyone that prophesies fear. Uh, do not believe that. This is not a time for us to be afraid. Uh, do not believe anyone that provokes anxiety in you. So if you're listening to a prophetic word and you start to feel more anxious, do not believe that prophet because they are not prophesying the word of God. Uh, And don't believe anybody that seems to be prophesying some political agenda. Uh, These things are not from the Lord uh, and we need to resist them. But also, we need to stand firm. And the question comes, how do we stand firm uh, in these crazy times uh, what do we have? How, how might Jesus speak to us? Uh, and I think this word today that the Lord says to us, I am in the Father, is a very powerful word for our time. Uh, and I'm going to show you why as we walk through this text. Uh, the setting for this story in John is the Feast of Dedication. The Feast of Dedication was the celebration of having Uh, kicked out Antiochus Epiphanes, who had established uh, a false god on the altar in the temple. 
And so uh, he was kicked out from there. And then uh, the temple was cleansed of this false worship and, and then rededicated to the worship of God and restored to its use uh, as God. This happened uh, after the end of the Old Testament and before the start of the New Testament. Uh, and, you know, the Jews still celebrate the Feast of Dedication today. Uh, it's known for lighting the lamps. Uh, and, uh, uh, but in the context of this, whenever you had people talking about the dedication uh, and this kind of season, uh, everybody was really intense about uh, the Messiah. When is the Messiah coming? Because uh, what happened when Antiochus Epiphanes, his abomination was removed, I mean, people thought, okay, now God is going to restore the kingdom to Jerusalem, uh, and it didn't happen. And so every time they had the Feast of Dedication, there was the question, when is the temple going to be restored? When is the Messiah going to come and reestablish the nation? And so all the people have been following him. There are a lot of people that have been following Jesus because they really got caught up in his works. They liked the miracles. They liked the cool things that were happening. It's, it's the same kind of cult of celebrity that kind of exists today. Uh, and many people were thinking, okay, this guy is the real deal. He is the Messiah, but he's not telling us anything. We want to hear him make a public declaration that I am the Messiah. And Jesus, he's been talking around it. For anybody who has ears to hear, uh, they should have caught the idea that he was the Christ. He was the Messiah, uh, but people weren't listening for it. They wanted him to be very clear and very explicit but, you know, Jesus, he doesn't do this. And so he is walking around and he starts talking and says, hey, you know, guys, if you want a clear statement of whether or not I'm the Messiah, then look at the things that I've been doing. These are the Father's works. You know, take a look at this and you'll see my credentials for being the Messiah. But the really crazy thing that Jesus is saying in this passage which the Jews that were listening to him picked up on uh, in both places, two places in this text. Jesus is saying, hey guys, not only am I the Messiah, but also I'm God. I'm the Messiah, but I'm God. Uh, and he says that by saying that I am in the Father, the Father is in me, I and the Father are one. And because of that, they wanted to pick up rocks and stone him or arrest him, uh, and they didn't do that. But in this passage, Jesus is stating his absolute unity with the Father, something that would have been completely anathema for the Jews in that day, and something which, if we understand today, for many, many people might sound kind of crazy. Because Jesus is not saying he was a great teacher, He's not saying he's a miracle worker. He's not saying he's a prophet. He's saying nothing less than the fact that he is God in complete unity with the Father. And this unity that he's talking about here takes four forms. First of all, it's a unity of works. What he does and what the Father does is the same. He says that the works I do in my Father's name so he's saying that we are unified. He and the Father are one in terms of the fact that he does what the Father wants him to do. 
And the Father is pleased because He does what the Father wants Him to do. It's a unity of works. There's another thing He says here, that the unity, secondly, is a unity of sheep, a unity of followers. Jesus says in the text quite plainly that Jesus' sheep come from the Father and they belong to Him eternally. The Father and Jesus, they both have sheep. The, the sheep is, are the same. And so those who will follow, who say they follow God, must also be following Jesus. And if you're not following Jesus, you're not following God. This is the impact of what Jesus is saying. So you can say, oh, I'm a good Jewish person, or I'm a good Muslim, or I'm a good Hindu, but actually, if you're not following Jesus as his disciple, Jesus is saying, you're not really following God, you're following something else, but it's not God. I mean, that's a pretty powerful thing for Jesus to say. But he says there's a unity of works, and there's a unity of sheep. The third aspect of this unity, according to Jesus, is that there is a unity of purpose. They have the same intent. They have the same goals. They have the same desires. He expresses this when he points out how the Father consecrated him and sent him into the world. So if he's doing the Father's works, and if he has the Father's sheep, and everybody that follows God is also following Jesus, he also has a unity of the Father a unity of purpose, that they both want the same things. They both want people to experience eternal life. They both want to see God's kingdom come and God's will be done on earth as in heaven. Both the Father and the Son have a unity of purpose, which means that whatever Jesus does is never at odds with what the Father's doing. What the Father does is never at odds with what Jesus is doing. Uh, and, And this also would include for us the Holy Spirit. All three move together. All three have the same goals. All three have the same desires. There is no division of desire and purpose amongst the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amongst the Godhead. Well, all this is well and good. The most powerful thing, though, that Jesus is saying here is that they have a unity of being. A unity of being. That at their very essence... Who they are is the same. Now, historically, what we would say as Christians, when we're talking about the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is that they have the same substance, but three different persons. The three in one. They're one God, but three different persons in the one Godhead. And this is effectively what Jesus is saying here, uh, particularly about him and the Father. He says very clearly early on in the text, I and the Father are one. They are completely united. They are of one being. And he clarifies this even further when he goes down and says, uh, the Father is in me and I am in the Father. In saying that, he's saying literally that he is God. He and the Father are have one being as God. There is one God, and He is God. And that's a very powerful statement that he's making here. With this statement, 
we have to discount Jesus merely as a good moral teacher. Because if we think he's a good moral teacher, but not God, then the guy's insane. How can you trust anything he says? With this, we can discount here that, um, you know, Jesus, you know, he's, he's got to be uh, insane. We can discount that he's just a well-meaning person because he's saying, no, I am God. I and the Father are one. We are of one being. We have a unity of being. Uh, and that remains powerful and true. And Jesus is stating that very clearly here. This is not what the church, 300 years after Jesus was gone, decided that Jesus is God. It's not what some theologian, an idea that they came up with. This is ex explicitly the claim that Jesus makes of himself. And he backs up that claim with his works, but ultimately he backs up that claim with his resurrection. And we know that. So what does that have to say to us today? I mean, these things are very important. They are a comfort. They are an encouragement to us uh, as we follow our Lord Jesus Christ. But the brilliant thing here is the other thing that Jesus says. No one can snatch my sheep, my people, out of my hand. No one, nothing can take them away. No one and nothing can take them out of my Father's hand. This is a reminder to us that this Jesus, who is fully God as well as fully human, this Jesus who made such a stupendous claim, is the Jesus who holds on to us ever so tightly. No circumstance in life, no power of hell, uh, no coronavirus, no crazy situation in our, in our uh, city, in our communities. Nothing can take us out of the hands of Jesus. He has a firm grip on our lives, and he will hold on to us until the very end. And we can take comfort in that. And we can take comfort in that because Jesus was not some just great, some great teacher we can take comfort in that because Jesus himself was God. Father God, thank you so much. Jesus, thank you so much for this revelation about who you are, about your love for us, and that nothing going on in our world can take us away from you. Thank you for giving us that comfort. And Lord, I pray that you give us the boldness to live for you in the midst of these crazy times the boldness to live for you with the